keeps me up, up when I'm feeling down. I don't know about you, but I gotta keep minds around. Cause I didn't look, I didn't search, and it's hard to all right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show was presented by, whoa, I'm speeding. This, today's show is being presented by no second. Every Friday, man, I'm trying to speed one segment too early. And we are broadcasting here from the Maestro DeBell Tequila Studios, 877-37-GRIND. Uh, well, before we speed out of here like I want to do on a Friday, we've still got some business to attend to. Um Let's transition a little bit uh, to the college, and we'll come back in the last segment, the official last segment of the program. And we'll get to the foundation, and we'll circle a couple other NFL games that I'll have on my radar. But uh, let's transition to college uh, that gets going actually tonight. Uh, you know it again, man. You know, it used to be a time where before the big money got involved, college would leave Friday night lights sacred for high school. Those days out the window. NFL's leaked into Saturday on college. College leaked in on Friday. Because usually, you know, it's been for a while now that you get maybe one game on a Friday, two games. I mean, of late, you're seeing like a four-game slate on a Friday, you know, at college. But just saying, I mean, I'm not, I'm not mad at it, but I'm just telling you the reality of it is. Go ahead. Of course, floating around the Internet yesterday, trending somewhat, uh, the note that – 54 of the next 55 days uh, has a football game taking place? Yeah, I know we get – I didn't know it's just coming up quickly, but I know it's a stretch coming to the end of the year. Yeah. <clears throat> Enjoy it because when I'm 55, 60 days over, then it comes back again in basketball. So just just enjoy it. But, yeah, it's it'll get you enough full belly on football. Um, but let's transition over to college. Uh, number three, Texas. Uh, versus Kansas, number 24, game day is here uh, in Austin in the state of Texas. Um, both teams are 4-0. Uh, if you look at this, um, first of all, this is the matchup of two of the last three undefeated teams in the Big 12. That's a key thing coming in this game. And also, when you look at, um, I believe his name is Jalen Daniels, the quarterback for Kansas, um, him against Texas defensive line is going to be very interesting. And Devin Neal, which is Kansas running back, um, he's averaging about 99 yards per game, and which includes a clip at about 6.9 yards per carry. All right. Um, he has five TDs already on the season. So to me, you know, look, Texas D line for the early parts of this season uh, has looked very well. Uh, you know, they've got a little slow start to be able to come there, but you can see their skill and their talent starts to take over. But Kansas, uh, you know, with Devin Neal, they've been able to run the ball uh, very good, but they're going, they're stepping up a notch in the quality of opponent, especially in the trenches. So I'll be looking for that matchup, how that goes. And, you know, Kansas has started 4-0 and in consecutive years, for the first time in 108 years. Let me say that again. They started 4-0 last year, and they've started 4-0 this year, and this is the first time that that has happened in consecutive years in 108 years. Amazing. But we know this is a basketball school. But they've looked very respectable because this was a doormat for a football program for a long time. Hell, they tried less miles. That didn't work. You know, but this is one of those that and, and and if you're a Texas fan, I don't really think the concern of this is like a game you can look past. I mean, because Kansas, I mean, Texas, keep in mind, I think it was 2021 
I have a bad memory as I get older. But 2021 was the year that Texas got upset by Kansas, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I don't think this is really a game that Sark has to worry about the guys looking past or not respecting your opponent. They're both undefeated. Uh, whoever wins this will continue to control their faith in the Big 12. So those are the interesting matchups looking up with looking forward to in that game. Um, the next game, of course, is LSU, 13th ranked LSU at number 20th Ole Miss. Um, LSU had to rally from 13 to three down last weekend to win. They went on to beat Arkansas 34 to 31. Um, this is a matchup of two of the top scoring offenses in the SEC. Uh, LSU's averaging 42.8 points per game and Ole Miss is averaging 42. So I don't know what the total is in this game, but most likely it's going to get hammered over the over total because both of these are the two highest offense coming into uh, the SEC. So what this tells me, it's going to come down to who has the better defense. What defense is going to be able to make the play? Um, I think after that loss in week one that LSU suffered, I think that they have basically settled down a little bit. They're starting to resemble a little bit more of the team that kind of went to the SEC championship game last year. But make no mistake about it, this is a big test for them. Um, what do you got? I'm seeing that over under is 67 and a half. Um, yeah. which as I'm scrolling through is the largest over under of the weekend in college. Makes sense with that stat. Uh, that's something I wouldn't touch on that total. I mean, it's just one of those, not really a totals guy. That's why I want to give out the foundation picks. Very rarely you'll have a totals play in there. You almost had one of the Kentucky game this weekend, but we'll get to that uh, here shortly. Uh, but uh, keeping it moving, before I get to some of these other marquee backers, kind of in our backyard. Um, you know, I mentioned it the other day, you know, Texas Tech, uh, they're going to be hosting Houston. I've, I've puzzled myself all week to why Texas Tech is getting uh, eight and a half uh, at home over Houston. Now, Texas Tech is one in three and 0 oh and one in the conference. And I can't wait the next time that we talk to Actions Brent McMurphy because I want to ask him, like, uh, what is going on with your Texas Tech Red Raiders? Now, I'll tell you all seriousness aside, Texas – uh, they're going to be turning to their second string back uh, backup quarterback uh, because their starting quarterback, uh, Rod Raiders, I think his name, um, he suffered a leg injury, which pretty much a broken leg last week uh, in the uh, loss to West Virginia, 20 to 13. Uh, so they're going to be running with their backups. And the players to watch for in this one, uh, Travis Books, uh, the running back for Texas Tech, uh, he's rushed for... 149 yards versus West Virginia. Uh, he, a couple weeks ago, he had 158 yards uh, against Tarleton State. That's not really a favorable opponent. Uh, but this is a guy that is running the ball very well. But, you know, Houston, they're 2-2 two and two and they're 0-1 in the conference. And they're just now getting the Big 12. So, again, I, I will have my eye a little bit on this one. I mean, of course, this did not make the card the foundation. But for the life of me um, – you know, and going with the backup at that, they still stood fast at an eight and a half. Last time I checked, point favorite in this game. What do you got? I think a lot of that comes down to you look at how they've played their opponents. Of course, it was a three point win over UTSA. Uh -huh. UTSA has kind of stumbled a little bit. You know, injury to Frank Harris, of course. Uh, lost to Rice in overtime on the 9th of September. Uh, the TCU go over you 36 13. That one's okay. Uh, and then you you had Sam Houston last week. I feel really feel like it no. comes down to quality of opponent. That's fine. As, but as what the hell? Well, what the hell is Tech? Done? I mean, one in three. Who's their one win against in Texas Tech? I can't even tell you that. Sorry, Lubbock. 
but I couldn't even tell you that who their one win against. I mean, they're one in three. Well, they're one. And on, their one win is against Tarleton State. Exactly. Uh, but again, you look at who they've who they've played. That Wyoming. That, Wyoming upset. Uh, you played or number nine now number nine Oregon and you played you lost to them by eight points it was a close close affair you, then you had the, the the win over Tarleton State and then a seven point loss at West Virginia I'm not handicapping this game and I didn't I didn't study this game but I will just tell you um, no way am I taking an eight and a half laying eight and a half going in on any level with a backup just not doing it but hey guns up you know let's see what happens uh, but University of Houston and it's really um, you know, it's interesting to me, you know, Houston's just coming in the Big 12. It's going to be interesting what they do with their coach and their situation, depending on how this season goes. I mean, they're off to a tough start. They're sitting at 500. They've already dropped a Big 12 game. It's going to be interesting uh, to see what they do um, in regards to going forward. Um, also, another game, I said this the other day, I think it's kind of flying under the radar. Um, this is an ACC matchup. Number 11, Notre Dame, which is 4-1 after that thriller loss last weekend against Ohio State where they had 10 men just on the field for two straight possessions. That I guarantee you it was a tough week for the coaching staff at South Bend. Those are the ones that keep you up at night and you feel like you let the kids down, especially at the college level. But, hey, you've got to learn from it. Uh, but they're traveling, and they're going to be taking on number 17, Duke. Notre Dame's 4-1. Duke is 4-0. Um, you know, first of all, well, first of all, I lied. I told you that game day was at Texas. That was a lie. I, I misspoke on that. My correction. This is the game that they're at um, with Duke and Notre Dame. Uh, this is a big prime time spot for uh, Duke again. Uh, Duke can reach 5-0 and for the first time since they won their first seven games, and that was in the 1994 season. What were you doing in 94, Jonas? Oh, it was three. Three. I was hoping, I thought you were going to say I wasn't even here yet. I thought you weren't even born yet. I always lose the year. So you were three years old. And ninety three. That that is the last. Or, what, yeah, ninety three, right? Uh, yeah, ninety four oh, so, season. They ninety four. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They started seven and 94. So this is the this can if they win this, they're five and zero. They can reach five and zero. But if they go five and zero, it's going to be the first time that they won this many games to start the season since nineteen ninety four. Yeah, I was probably taking a nap about now. Okay. <laughs> um. I saw Duke, you know, early on in the season. Um, they, they've got a good defense. Uh, their defense has only given up five touchdowns uh, so far through four games. That's pretty impressive. I don't care what conference you play in. Uh, if you're in Division One college and you can only give up five touchdowns through four games, I don't even give a damn who your opponents are. That's, that's pretty impressive. Um, also, you have to look at it this. You know, Notre Dame – the question I have for this, this game almost made the foundation pick because, first of all, the way I capped this game, there's going to be, I believe, some emotional letdown for Notre Dame coming to this game because of who their last opponent was. I mean, you put everything in that Ohio State and that having a big win, they're coming to the South Bend, you lose it in, you know, on the last play of the game in, in heartening, disheartening fashion. When you're dealing with 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, Unless you are a Nick Saban or Urban Meyer, if you have one of those going into battle with you, most likely that hangs over for most kids around that age. I believe this is a factor in that. I think Duke really makes this game closer than what the experts think. And I think they even have an opportunity to steal it because of their defense. Now, Notre Dame, they have the pressure. They've won 29 straight regular season games against ACC opponents. 
that's impressed. I would have never known that. First of all, I don't even know why we keep stats up there until they pick a damn conference and stop being independent. But anyway, that's a whole other that's a whole other conversation. But that's what's on the line going forward in regards for Notre Dame. Um, also, the last uh, couple ones, of course, um, that I want to touch on again, uh, Coach Prime. Uh, he's going to be hosting Colorado. I mean, not Colorado is going to be hosting USC, which is the number eight team, eight team in the AP. They're four and zero. Colorado's three and one. Look, man, this is really about the Caleb Williams for, uh, versus Shadur Saunders show. That's that's my opinion. I mean, I know this isn't tennis. I always preach this is not an individual sport. This is football. But they're really the headliners. Uh, and if you look at Caleb Williams, I do believe, you know, I watched that game against Arizona State last weekend, and I do believe they were kind of peeking a little ahead to this game. I hate this game is at 11 o'clock Central Standard Time um, because I feel that this is one of those games with the atmosphere that's been around Colorado and, and the, the university and Coach Prime. This is one of those I would have liked to seen this in prime time, especially with the West Coast team coming in, the following they have in USC. They're used to playing that. This should have been a prime time game, Jonas. I mean, 11 o'clock for as much hype that Fox has given this game and everything, and we're playing this at 11 o'clock Central Standard Time. Prime has already had enough prime time. Oh, you salty, Jonas. You getting a little salty, Jonas? Too much run? For prime, what do you mean? He moves the needle. Am I, am I getting Speaking salty? Speaking of that, am I getting? I've, I've told you this whole this whole season that I that I feel like they're getting just too much. I've been tired of it for a minute because again, it's not about his success. Before anybody tries to go there, he was a good coach at Jackson State anyway. All right. So the way that he built the team, I disagree with the way that the roster was flipped. But. He's, we, he's a great coach. That. He's I, showing that. Okay, we've already. I, I don't know about great. Like I said, I love but Coach I have Prime. To sit there and I have to watch Fox just run these but, promos but that ain't, all day. That ain't, that just, ain't Colorado's just, fault. It's fatigue, Cal. I'm, I'm worn out. I've been hit over the head with Colorado. Like we got hit over the head with Aaron Rodgers off during the off season. I'm tired of it. It's just fatigued. It, it can be a good thing, but there's too Jonas, much. Of a, you, there's 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 such thing as too three, much of a good you thing. You just told me, according to the last time Duke won five games or more in the row, a row was 1994. That lets me know you told me you were three years old at 94. Yeah. Okay. You're pretty much a grown man now, and in, if in 94 you were three, when you say I've kind of been beat over the head with it. You have you have been a Cleveland Browns fan since you came out through the room. We're talking if about you, two totally different things. If you can survive being taking the lumps over your head in regards to being a Browns fan and tolerate that, how can you not tolerate a good story, a good filled story? Look, I, look, the whole recruiting thing. I, I don't want to get into this with you again, but let me just tell you, USA Today came out with an article today, and they did their kind of research financing. Now, we know the athletic director and team president said, hey, we signed him. We don't know how we're going to pay him, but well, we got the deal done. Well, according to everything factored, ticket sales, concession, economy around, even the viewership, as you say, the nauseam beating over your head, we're here, Fox game of the week, first take, 60 minutes. The return on investment. Now he's getting Coach Prime's getting five point two or five point five million that they're having to pay him this year. It was like a twenty three million dollar contract total, twenty five. Up to this point, just up to this point, as we go into week five of college football, where we're at, an estimated two hundred eighty to eighty five million dollars he's generated in that era for that university. 
Now, that is some ROI. So, to me, ain't too much his fault, but I get it. He's like, hey, I'm tired of it, not of it. It's, it's, it's very rarely we see these type of things just come along, you know. Um, hell, I've seen people get caught up for things more, I mean, less than what this is. I mean, everybody had Lynn Sanity, right? Jeremy Lynn jumped on the, was the hottest thing on the singles on the top of the billboard charts for a cup of coffee and the whole garden. They were so thirsty for something. It's been a while since Patrick Ewan and everything else. They got Lynn sanity. This is, this is special. What we're witnessing. This is, this is history. But with all that said, um, still no Travis Hunter. When I watched that Arizona state team, uh, game that, uh, USC played again, the story coming in and the story will continue. The weak link of this USC team is their defense. Now they're 21 and a half point favorites. This is similar. Some places got it 22. That's right around the number that it was last week in Eugene when they played Oregon, they got the blow, uh, the doors blown off of them. Um, this game just still comes down to the lack of size and talent in the trenches. And I think that this will be a closer game than the Oregon game. But eventually, if USC is who they are, I think eventually this is one that they pull away at some point in the fourth quarter. But I expect a better effort from the Buffaloes altogether. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind All right, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, 
Spinning the one and twos. Now I can say today's show was presented by Dosecki's Get a Dose. And we have been broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail. And that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out all their pre-made alcoholic drinks. They come in different flavors. All right. And also, don't forget, they still have their blazing Bloody Mary mix as well, too. Make sure you try out that. But whatever you do, just make sure you always Zing Zang responsibly. Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right. So, keeping it moving. Um... We're going to get to foundation here shortly. But I think I covered pretty much uh, the college games I wanted to. I know tonight, um, which this game didn't make the card, but tonight you have number 10 Utah at Oregon State, which is 19. Uh, You've heard me talk about Oregon State uh, quite a bit here and there on this show. Uh, Utah was a preseason Pac-12 favorite. They're 4-0, 1-0 in the Pac-12. Oregon State is coming off of a loss against Washington State last week on the road. They're 3-1, so they're 0-1 in Pac-12. This is the deal. Uh, You know, I think um, their quarterback Johnson, uh, Utah's Johnson, he's still not back yet um, in regards to – well, he's the backup. I'm sorry. Cam Risen is the young man that has still not been cleared to play for Utah based off of injury last year. His ACL surgery had he tore his ACL in the Rose Bowl game in a bowl game last year. So he hasn't all the way back. So they've been rolling with their backup, uh, Nate Johnson. Um, I think, you know, with Oregon State, you know, they're coming off, like I said, 38 to 35. They lost to Washington State. Um, they're averaging about 220. Oregon State runs the ball well. They're, they're averaging about 225 yards, rushing yards a game. Um, if you look at it, uh, Damian Martinez, I mean, he has 12 rushing yards. I mean, he's averaging about 108 yards a game, um, 12 rushing TDs. Utah's defense, something's going to give because they're ranked third in the nation. They're only allowing 51 yards a game, which is they're only giving up 2.2 yards a Gary. But with this game being in Oregon, in Oregon State, um, I like Oregon State to bounce back in this one. I really do. Um, I just I'm high on their quarterback, uh, their defense. Uh, you know, they really the the thing with Oregon State for me, and I said it on Monday when we came in after watching them play Washington State and losing there, 38 to 35. They really got behind early and had to fight back. Is that aura? Both of them, Oregon State and Washington, not Washington State, but Washington. Those are two programs that has had a reputation over the years in the Pac-12 that it's like night and day compared to where they are at home on the road. So I think with this game being night on Friday night, um, I've got an old adage, anytime the desert, they don't care about who's preseason favored, uh, what the AP ranks you. If they're telling me Oregon State is a favorite by four on the road, I mean, at home, and you're getting this team, Utah, coming in that's undefeated, that tells me something. And even what I've seen with my own, you know, naked eye test, I know what I'm looking at, and I like the Beavers uh, to get back on the winning ways tonight uh, on a Friday against Utah. So, those are the games that will be on my watch. Uh, the uh, local guys in our backyard, the UTSA Roadrunners, bird up. They're off or idle, as they call it in college. I don't know who they resume with, but they'll be back next week. 
Um, and again, we'll see we'll see how it plays out, uh, you know, tomorrow. But real quick, the last thing on that, <coughs> excuse me, Colorado. I really do believe that that game's going to be a little bit closer than what people anticipated, and we'll see. <coughs> excuse me. And this is one good that early on in Deshaun Sanders' career, you know, this is his first adversity last week that he kind of went through at the college level. Um, <clears throat> and even though I didn't watch every Jackson State game, but there's there's probably I don't think that he's witnessed any type of, you know, from high school to Jackson State up until Colorado the first few weeks. I don't think he's experienced any type of <coughs> under siege and attack that he was in that game. And I'm interested to see when you talk about a guy that I believe that most executives tell you that's a Sunday guy. I'm looking to see how Coach Prime's son bounces back, especially since who's on the other end and on the other sideline of him and Caleb Williams, which is the reigning um, Heisman Trophy winner. 877-37-GRIND. All right, so let's transition back real quick uh, to college, uh, just some, uh, excuse me, to the NFL before we get out here and get the foundation picks. Um, I think I covered most of the games that I wanted to. The one I didn't really touch on uh, is, again, in our backyard. Uh, it's down in H-Town. you got the Pittsburgh Steelers who's coming to H-Town, you know, swinging on candy paint red. Um, they're coming in to take the Texans. Now, the Texans are coming off of a pretty impressive win with against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, again, Jacksonville, um, I will be up Sunday morning early, um, you know, enjoying a cup of tea in London. Oh, God. Play, this is ridiculous. 8.30. But I want to see what is going on with Jacksonville. The one thing I've started to hear rumors is that uh, – not rumors, but rumbling. You know, Trevor Lawrence, the lack of touchdown passes, they've struggled in the red zone. And Trevor Lawrence has turned the ball over a few times more than not. Um, this was the team that was favored to win the AFC South. Uh, they've got Atlanta. We'll see how that takes place. Uh, but for Houston – you know, look, <clears throat> I was high on Pittsburgh coming into this season because I felt that Pickett was going to take this leap, you know, um, in his third year and really his first year or second year removed without being in the building, which I thought was going to be a little bit easier. Uh, this is an offense that uh, has showed some bright spots but also showed some struggles. Uh, speaking of Pittsburgh, they really have a problem. I, I guarantee you, you got Najee Harris on your fantasy football team, you're growing impatient quickly. I already dropped him. Well, look at you. See, I didn't even know that. I and pick, you, you've I already dropped the backup Warren does more with it in his hands. I, I'm still waiting for Pittsburgh to have that game. I know what I saw in preseason. I know what I kind of saw at glimpses. And this Pickens thing, I'm just waiting for that game for Pickens to have that close to uh, Pickett, I should say, have close to about 300 yards, two touchdowns, three tutties. I'm waiting. Now, I don't know if D'Amico Ryan's crew is the one that you want to try to get right on because uh, I'm pretty sure they'll be playing free and loose. They have nothing to lose. Um, but I like Pittsburgh in this one. I mean, you know, a rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud, he showed some bright spots against Jacksonville, but I think maybe we're going to find out, and I'll find out 8.30 in the morning and Sunday to see are we leaking oil on the Jackson defensive side as well, too, on Jacksonville. You know, that was kind of one of their things they looked to improve coming into this season because uh, they're facing a team in Atlanta uh, who's coming off of L as well, too. So that's going to be interesting. But I think Houston um, – 
I just can't go against Mike Tomlin and Steelers against a rookie quarterback. That line, it made foundation too. It's, it stinks. It's fishy. I don't know why. I mean, a, a home team usually gets a field goal. Now, granted, Pittsburgh is a road team. They're catching two and a half. And that line has not moved all week long. Okay, uh, so that does make me smell. It, it, it's a little awkward because you would think, you know, Pittsburgh even coming off, you know, at they were an underdog at home. I mean, excuse me, they were underdog in the desert in Vegas last weekend. They covered and win that outright. Then they follow up, and the desert's only giving them two and a half. I would say proceed with caution on that because I've always told you Pittsburgh is one of those public, you know, in those regions that have legalized sports betting. You know, Colorado, Denver, in there, they're a public betted team i've said that pittsburgh the cowboys the lakers and who else i'm missing one that like yankees those are public betted teams meaning like the public just they, there's so much fan base and love affair for them it has a tendency to manipulate the line and sometimes the line setters would try to manipulate certain things in regards to getting you a little bait there because i figured if I look at this blindly, I would be expecting Pittsburgh to probably at least be maybe about a three-and-a-half-point favorite, a point to a point-and-a-half favorite against the Texans considering they just got their win. But like I said, proceed with caution because that little fishy with me, but the, the logic of me says that's Pittsburgh. Go ahead. Well, it's really interesting, too, especially when you look at a front, a defensive front like mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Right. Laramie Tunsil's out. Okay. Josh Jones is out. He's your starting guard and your backup left tackle. Okay. Your third string left tackle is out for Houston. So you're—I don't even know what you're doing, how, you, how you're handling that situation. Uh, so you're no left tackle, uh, no starting left tackle, no starting guard, and your starting center is questionable, and a rookie quarterback. That makes you wonder why is that only a two and a half point spread? I mean, but again, just to educate people on that for people that don't know, I mean, it is a given. When line setters set these lines and you look at, you know, really whether you're talking about college or pros before these, you know, and these are all done by algorithms, dude. These are, you know, systems that you generate. This is years and years of data. They just do it. It's not a bunch of four fat guys in the desert somewhere in Vegas just thinking lines to put out there for all the gamblers and degenerates. This is really more calculated. But with all that said, you start from the point before you add for quarterback premium quarterback, backup quarterback, you start with the home team at a field goal. And and but so with that said, this is the road team that's starting with almost that field goal, but still I would have had this set out the gate maybe at a three and a half or a four point line. Um, but also, uh, what is the crowd gonna look like in H Town? You know, Pittsburgh is one of that that fan base that you've got to really worry about when you are the home team are you going to have cadence and sounds problems because you got so much pits that game in Vegas and that was a given to me. I mean, come on Steeler nation coming from there, a reason to go to Las Vegas. They had that on their calendar when the schedule came out, but the Raiders had some problems with some noise here and there. And I wonder in H town, cause Pittsburgh as a fan base, look, I've seen them take over Jerry's world. And I've seen them, t- and there's a very few fan bases. Pittsburgh's the only fan base I've seen take over in Vesco or I should say the power field at mile high, over the course of the last 15, 20 years. They've been yellow deep, and, and that usually they don't allow that at Denver. I mean, Green Bay fans kind of travel. Speaking of Green Bay, have you seen that aerial shot of last night's game with all that blue in there from Detroit Lions? They took up, I mean, Detroit Lions fans, you're talking about 20 years, maybe frustrated. they feeling themselves. They, Dan Campbell got them believing. 
As they should. Yeah, rightfully so. But I do feel that I think Pittsburgh, you know, is Houston going to have some problems with some noise because you've got so many Steeler fans in black and yellow at Reliance Stadium or waving those towels. <coughs> okay, real quick. Before we get to foundation, get out of here, can we take a peek real quick at the diamond in baseball um, and look at what series do we have on the horizon and what we're looking at? You know, I know the Astros are sitting there and they're doing a dance between the second and the last wild card spot. Um, they, they're coming off that, that series there with the Mariners. Um, I like to see who they have on the horizon. And do we have what other important series do we have? I know we, you were, we were talking about an awkward situation in this whole rain delay situation uh, involving the Marlins yesterday on how Major League was handling that. But what do we have on the horizon this weekend for important series in Major League Baseball? Yeah, I mean, anybody playing in the AL West. Mm-hmm. All right. And so you've got that head-to-head uh, Texas and Seattle still playing. Um. So, so, so there's they've started their series, and because the West still isn't decided, the Astros could win. Hmm. The Astros could win, still win the division mathematically. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they they could fall out of the playoffs, and they hmm. could slide in with a wild card. Uh, they've got one game lead over Seattle, who, like I said, is facing the Rangers, and they're also uh, you know Toronto has one game up on Houston in the wild card. So. Depending on how we finish things off here over the final three games, the Marlins technically have to finish four games, and maybe, maybe not, because hmm. of what happened yesterday. That's crazy. Um, in New York with the Mets, because everybody's seen the weather. You've seen the viral videos, I'm sure, of New York and Brooklyn just underwater. Uh-huh. And so, ninth inning last night, they had to suspend that game. Um, Miami had a lead. Uh, with with that, but it, it you get into some cancellation things and how that could all play. They've now postponed. Right. They've suspended their series that's supposed to start today with the Phillies. So now they're going to play a doubleheader tomorrow. They're going to play on Sunday, and then if necessary, if Miami doesn't clinch uh, their playoff spot over the over you know between uh, Saturday and Sunday with those games, then we could have just a ninth inning. On played on Monday and where, between the Mets and Miami. Where are we looking at? How important were the, the Cubs situation? Uh, they blew it uh, a couple of days. I mean, getting swept by the Braves really hurt them, but they're going to be in Milwaukee to finish their regular season. And, and, and that sits right in there with this whole Miami situation. Right. Miami is a half game ahead of the Cubs in the wild card race. Uh-huh. Uh, the Cubs sitting on the outside of that. Okay. Arizona, who has their series going on with Houston, who is still so – both of those teams in that series are fighting for something. Uh, Arizona is trying to hold on to – they've got a one-and-a-half game lead up on the wild card in the NL side. So if they were to drop three games, then they could, in, in theory, mathematically find themselves outside of the, outside of the playoffs. And the, and the Rangers find themselves going to a series, a weekend series, to conclude their regular season with the Seattle Mariners. And that's with the Mariners. Yeah. Uh, so that's to you know, – they, they want to win because they want to clinch the division. Right. You know, because, like I said, that's still up in the air. But they have secured their playoff spot. So okay. Texas is playing in the postseason. Also, which is, to me, very amazing uh, with Bochy, uh, considering his first year coming out of retirement and lead. I mean, c- I mean, the, come on, the management, the owners spent a ton of money over the last few years. Uh, no solid cap in baseball, but I think you still got to tip your hat to Bochy uh, getting this team in the postseason his first year. One of my favorite managers as well also. Don't forget, and real quick before I give these foundation picks, your pick for the fight this weekend with Canelo. We spent some time on it the last couple of days, but who are you rolling with in this particular fight? I'm rolling with Canelo. 
Okay. Uh, Charlo has power, but just like as with any circumstance, when you are fi- when you are fighting up weight classes, all right. Charlo's jumping two weight classes to go fight Canelo. If you're used to fighting at what 168, then you're used to taking punches from 168. You're used to the weight cut from 168. You are used to, and you're a champion already at 168. Okay. Yeah, the you've you've felt power. You've dealt power. So Charlo, while he has power. I don't know if he has power two classes up. Okay. So it's going to go the distance. Uh, it'll be a decision. Hmm. Um, okay. So again, we're going to have this conversation next time Canelo fights. It's going to be like, oh, well, he still hasn't finished anybody recently. Oh, my goodness. Um, because he's, he's, it's going to go the distance. All right, man. So before we get out of here, let's get to the foundation picks. Uh, you know how we do it. If you're not following me on Twitter, I'll share these on Twitter. Normally, these will go out you know, before 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, 10 a.m. Mountain Time on Saturday mornings and also Sunday mornings before the NFL card. Uh, but we're going to release those here on Twitter and social media through my stories. If you're not on Facebook, send me a friend request. I'm going to release these in about an hour or so. Uh, if you're not, if you're listening, can't write them down because we've got a game tonight that we've got in. The so, college side. Right, the college know. side because we've got some college action tonight. So let's start there. Okay, Oregon State. You heard me break this game down a while ago. I like Oregon State minus four versus Utah if the desert's putting somebody favored over the fact that somebody's undefeated and plus I know what my eyes are telling me they're back at home they're a better offensive team and defensive team at home I like Oregon State minus four against Utah Florida tomorrow on the road at Kentucky okay Kentucky's won some of these games Florida has one of those good defenses this year uh the under almost made it and that's a small lean watch out for that under playing that 44 total but we're gonna go with Florida plus one all right I like them to win that game outright and the last game, remember, we did four and four, but I told you I don't do that every week. We're at a six-pack. I'm only going to do that eight-pack one more time when I get a strong board. LSU on the road. This is an interesting one because they're only getting two and a half. Uh, they're one of the top-rated offenses in uh, SEC as we spoke. But I'm going to take LSU. This one edges over defense, two and a half. And then the NFL, Jacksonville and London, I think they get off the snide. They're used to being there. They've played there a few times. This is Atlanta's, like, first trip over there. Uh, at least in a minute, but Jacksonville minus three versus Atlanta. Patriots, this line opened up at seven. It has dropped, stayed steady all the way till six and a half until this morning, dropping to six. I like the Patriots plus six at Dallas. And the last one, yes, proceed with caution. It smells like a rat, but I'll go against it. Steelers minus two and a half on the road in H-Town. That is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer and for the week. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Mr. Jonas Clark. San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, Lubbock, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, and people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off Monday morning for you, the snooze button, and for you out the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See you on Monday. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos X Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos X responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. 
It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.